All right, hello. What's up? My name is Rich Ryan, RMR Training Podcast. Today, special guest, James Kelly. James, what's up, dude? Hey, mate. Thanks for uh, having me on. I feel... Uh, of course. I don't... Yeah, I, um, I've been listening to you guys for quite a while now, and um, I'm quite stoked to be on, mate. Thank you. We've been trying to make this happen. I think on my end, I've kind of dropped it quite a bit. But since you've now relocated, we're a little bit closer in time to make a little it easier. Bit closer. It's not that full like twenty four hours, a full day or whatever it is when you're down. That's under. right. So I was um, just in Madrid, and I was with a buddy of mine who's a Kiwi, uh, Reese Cuttingham, who did his first high rocks over there. And he had this thing where he was, and we were watching, and we we're watching the Rugby World Cup. So we want to talk about this for sure, right? No, we won't. We won't, and, mate. Oh, that did. I, I just once, <laughs> I, once I left his presence, I stopped paying attention to what was happening. Who won? What ended up happening? Oh well, if if you're talking about like the Australians in the Rugby World Cup, we are we are absolutely terrible at the moment. And and you obviously being American would obviously probably think that we're meant to be good, right? And we're always meant to be good at rugby, but the last couple of years, mate, our, our rugby performances have been absolutely terrible. I think, I think, obviously, him being a Kiwi, you, you, were you watching one of the Kiwi games? Because I think they are in the quarter. I think they're in the quarterfinals coming. Oh, up. it's still but, going. Um, it yeah, not, it's still it was, going. We were watching Ireland, and they beat someone who they, I don't think they were supposed to beat. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of these things, and and look, I'll be honest with you. The one thing I love about Americans, um, and the only thing, no, I'm That's joking. It. There's there's, ma- there, there's many things. Is is how uh, how how much you love being American, and and you guys right. love it, and 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 you guys are so so passionate about your country. And the one thing about the Aussies, right, is we're the same, but but. Um, it sucks at the moment because we're really meant to be good at two sports and they are cricket and rugby. Mm. We are meant to be top three, you know, all year round for both. And we are terrible at both at the moment. Mm. So, um, and it's, uh, it's one of those things where I'm a, I'm a diehard Aussie. I love being an Aussie and you try and, um, you know, stay with the sports, um, sport teams through and through. But a lot of people get um, in Australia get really upset, not winning all the time and whatnot, as you guys would be. But, um, mm-hmm. mate, we got to stick it out. We got to stick it out. Swimming too, right? Mate, we are. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Yes, swimming. I think when the Olympics come around, like we we do take um, we do take really well in in the pool. Um, so do you guys, though, don't you? you yeah, you I mean, guys are. What, yeah. Oh, you guys are good at everything. We're just you? good at everything. <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, so, but he w- he had this thing. He was rooting for the Southern Hemisphere. He was like repping. He's like, oh, it was South Africa who they were playing because he was trying uh, to rep for the 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 Southern Hemisphere. And I that made my brain explode. I was like, wait, you're cutting the you're cutting the world north south. So now you're in the northern hemisphere. You've relocated. Um, are are you just like are you completely upside down? Like what's going on? How's it been, mate? So that's that's the only reason why you've actually accepted my invitation on this podcast. <laughs> is, is that correct? <laughs> I, I mean, it had to be something. Yeah. I can't explain it, but <laughs> well, mate. To be honest, like obviously there's the time difference, but 
I don't know if you knew, but I've been over in Europe and my partner and I have been over in Europe for about six weeks now. We we did a bit of a six-week um, tour and, um, you know, the first couple of, of days were, you know, jet lag and, and whatnot, but we've been here for six weeks. So um, in terms of the time difference, we're acclimatised now to that and um, it's obviously going to be um, somewhat different in relation to the weather coming up because obviously in Australia right now we're moving into our summer which is, um, I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit, mate, but it's 35 degrees Celsius day in, day out um, from, you know, start of November to, you know, March, April. Um, I'm in Germany, based in Germany for the next year, and we're about to go into the, the, cold, the cold climate or, or the winter, and I've heard it's, um, you know, close to uh, zero most of the time or, or just above. So... Mate, it's going to be different. It's going to be something that I'm going to have to kind of work around or, or I guess, you know, run through it as well. But, um, mate, we're, we're, um, we're really enjoying being over here at the moment. Yeah, I'm guessing the, uh, you might need a little bit of vitamin D supplementation. It's, I think it's fairly gloomy from what I understand yeah. for a long time out there. So, yeah, yeah. I, and look, like I, I totally, I totally agree with like when people, you know, uh, like my friends and, and a lot of people that I am connected with asked or, or asked the question, why, why Germany? Like, um, well, the reason was more so to be around the Europe for my business and to be able to race more. Right. That's given. And, and to be completely honest, Germany, well, it was more just like, why not? It was just like, well, you know, it's a very localized country. We can get from A to B very easily if we want to go to London or, or races around Europe. Um, and then, you know, obviously the that you know the people that were asking was more so they were asking more so about the climate more than anything. Right. Um, it's not it's something that I haven't wor- had to worry about yet because it's somewhat okay. But um, as I said, I'll have to kind of in like with respect to my training, of course. Um, I'll have to, I guess, uh, you know, I'll have to adapt on the fly and, yeah. um, you'll get it done. Exactly. That big yeah. No, exactly. There's always going to be resources for you to do. Are you racing this weekend? I am mate. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Cause we got Munich coming. Munich. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it looks like it's a decent field, right? Like Florian gas is going to be out there. Uh, there's going to be a couple. Yeah. Yannick. Zapla, I think he's a, he's like close to the elite fifteen. So I feel is he the is is he the guy that's? I think he's done a fifty nine like oh five or something before. So he, he's um, just ahead of me. I think. I think you're right. It was at the race where Peter Schiller popped one last year. I think that was at um right Hanover maybe. So we yeah, haven't seen him in a minute. Yeah, he has a yeah fifty nine oh five right yeah at Hanover. Yeah, yeah. So, mate, like you know, I'm I'm so excited uh, to to race on the weekend. Um, I guess, like you know, I had my the first ever Australian Hyrox race in Sydney. What was that? Two months ago now, and mm-hmm. that was spectacular. I absolutely loved it. I obviously ended up um, taking it out, and I was very happy with my performance. Um, it was more the fact that. I was very proud. I can be very proud to say that I won the first ever Hyrox in Australia, right? Um, 
be the second fittest, third fittest on earth or whatever. Uh, so now I, that makes I, you the second. Absolutely, third mate. Fit, right? that's, that's how that works. That's exactly. I was. I wasn't going to bring that like, up, but well, I, well, that's. I'm. I was waiting for it. Teeing it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like from the outside, when I was looking at that race, I was like, all right, this dude. We don't need to, need to spend a ton of time talking about Ricky because I'm sure you got a, a lot of these questions asking about him. But just in general, I'm looking at CrossFitters and I'm like, there's not really a chance that they're going to be able to run, especially on the men's side. The women's side a little bit more so. I don't know if it's just like body composition-wise, but on the men, the running ability just isn't quite there yet. Was there any part of your brain thinking about like maybe this guy is going to be able to run with me? Because like you haven't seen it. And yeah, so you're just like, all right, Mate, so you, might, like- you might be able to do it. Mate, it was a fascinating lead up for me. Um, and I'll be honest with you, like I don't want to sound negative towards our um, technological world or, or our social media influence world these days, but due to the fact that there was a lot of hype around James Newbury and Ricky Gerard coming into High Rocks and there was so much talk about that and it wasn't just, oh, great, they're going to be competing. It was they're going to come come over and steal the show. Like, you know, like they're big CrossFit Games athletes. Like no matter what they're doing, they're going to absolutely win it and kill it, right? Yada, yada, yada. And that obviously was for a couple of months. And, you know, like not only that, um, I, d- I, I don't follow Ricky. I follow James because I <laughs> like the guy. I know like I don't mind Ricky, but I don't follow Ricky. But someone did send me like two weeks prior to the race and it fucking – I hated it. He sent me like one of my mates sent me like a story of Ricky doing a five kilometer time trial and he did like a 17, 15. Right? No chance. Zero chance. Did, was Correct. it like on a track? But like, is like- it, it was a Strava, it was a Strava upload. Okay. 17, 15, right? So, dude. yeah. And like, look, so, so the story goes, I got that two weeks before the race, right? And in my head, I was like, fuck, thanks, mate, for sending that to me, by the way. Like, <laughs> cheers, number one. And then obviously, just being a, a, a competitive bastard I am, that kind of got me thinking. I'm like, right, is he actually going to be able to to run with me? Um, so, and not only that, mate, I've actually been following him in the CrossFit world for so many years. I... I kind of somewhat applaud his journey since he got busted, since he got busted, not mm-hmm. before or not when, but since, because I feel like he, he served his sentence um, and fingers crossed he has come back clean um, and uh, got on the podium again. So I applaud that. Um Long story short, yeah, I, I was a little bit like a little bit, you know, uh, anxious about if he was going to. But let I'll 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 just cut to the chase. Um, I remember jumping off the ski erg, um, just after him. It was probably like five seconds after him in the race. I looked up. I was still in the rock zone, and within a split second, I just knew I was going to beat him. That's in in that moment because mm. of how slow. Just he was him. he right. yeah just just how slow he actually transitioned from ski to run. I was just like so like and it sounds cocky, but at that moment I knew I, I knew I had him. I didn't know I had 
uh, Woolly or um, Newbury or whatever. Mm. But, um, mate, it was actually great to race against Gerard, Newbury, Chris Woolley, obviously. But, um, but mate, um, mate, yeah, so that's two months ago. They're now um, ready to rumble in, uh, in, in Munich, the first German race of the year, and ready to see what the, what the Germans can do over here. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. That'll be fun to see it on their actual home turf. Yeah, I'm not sure how I would respond to something like that. With I feel like I would add it as fuel to the fire, especially and even like after the race, it was like, wow, Ricky did so great, and this other guy won by three minutes, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, but you still, it still is in the results. It's still what happened. And after afterwards, it can't. It's just like you said. It's just how people are going to glom on the things. There's just such a bigger market in terms of CrossFitter and and, and his presence in terms of like fame in this space is going to be much bigger than anybody in High Rocks, really. But was that was it motivating to you going in, or was it like worrisome? No, nah, no, nah, it was it was motivating more than anything. As much as it was like, uh, yeah, it, it it was fuel for the fire knowing or or even anticipating that he could potentially be an okay runner right mm. um to the point where you know like i got a bit of i wouldn't say hate because it was just back and forth banter from my end but due to the fact that um there was a clip shown of me on the rower oh right with uh, um, chris with chris woolley pretty much me leaning over saying where's crossfit me just pretty much being a loser saying like, where's Ricky to then I got a bit of hate due to the fact that like he was coming into my sport and he still did very well. Like a lot of CrossFitters like um, Benny Garrard sent me a direct message that night, pretty much slamming me saying, come over to our sport. Like we'll show you what, um, what we can do, like you, you probably won't even lift the girl weights. And I was like, mate, I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, mate. I'm the first to say, if I ever touch, if I go ever into a CrossFit box or, or go to a CrossFit wad, they would smoke me. Like mm. they would absolutely smoke me. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to go into CrossFit, um, trying to steal the show. And I guess that's what they were trying to do coming into our sport. And all I was saying, and I think I had every right to say this as a, you know, competitive professional athlete now in our sport, I wasn't letting that happen. Like, oh, that was my response. I was like, nah, not up in here. Like, you right. stick to your sport. You they know wouldn't what I mean? let you do that. <laughs> like, they wouldn't expect you. Like, yeah. The, the the counter is when Hunter got that like uh, blowhard card Correct. invite to the end. Blow- and- <laughs> yeah. How many how many CrossFitters do you think are fan of Hunter McIntyre? Exactly, I'm guessing mate. zero. One, I'm guessing. I'm you know, guessing, mate. And whenever yeah. people do know if there is crossover, it's because of Hunter. So whenever I'm talking to a CrossFitter and who might have any idea of what Hyrox is, they'll bring him up, and it's always negative. It's always like it's that, always mate. that guy. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, he's really good at Hyrox. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but mate, yeah, no, it was it was interesting, and obviously, like I'm, I've got a, I got a feeling like there'll be a couple of really quality athletes that will come through from Australia, uh, even more so within the next couple of years. It obviously has to take 
a year or two to, you know, um, get familiar in our communities and, mm-hmm. and in our, you know, health and fitness uh, industry in Australia. But I've got a feeling we're going to run with it very, very well. I mean, when you look at it, it like, because CrossFit is so big and it's not the same sport, but it's adjacent. It's pretty close. The high-end athletes are the best of the best. The depth isn't quite the same as other regions, but mostly because of population, right? And just like how many people are there. And, and you guys are a little isolated, so it's not – there's not so many surrounding regions that will also kind of join with – Correct. Uh, uh, for the competition side of things, but I could definitely expect there to be some heavy hitters coming out of there. If think we'll, if think we'll see a, a high rocks world championship down there at some point, probably, probably right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Look, I maybe not Australia, but definitely the Oceania. Like, yeah, I got a feeling they're looking probably at Singapore to be honest, except due to the fact that, you know, you heard about obviously the Singapore race last weekend being, um, you know, semi outside to yeah, the really point hot. where it was just ridiculously hot. I don't know if that would be a good thing for a world championship or or not, but um, definitely they're definitely trying to expand down to Oceania. I know they're trying to expand in New Zealand, but they're actually trying. They're actually really uh, they're they're finding it hard to find um exhibition centers in. Yeah, in New Zealand like, to be big like enough. So one or two big towns, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's not in Auckland, like where else, where are you, what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, no, it'll, it'll be interesting. So that's a, that's a pretty cool. That's a cool experience that you've had through High Rocks already is being able to race such a high level athlete from outside of the sport and take care of business, representing for the for our squad out here, and. You also were, have an awesome story with the world championships. You were just on site, ready to go. It was like you just got called up and you're like, all right, I'm here, so I'm ready. And you finished eighth, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And you were seated 16, technically, but you just have. And was your plan to just be there to race in the age group race? And how did yeah. that all happen? Like, did when, because Tim, oh, Tim, um, Venish, he had some sort of hip issue, had to pull out kind of at the last minute. So did you just kind of get grabbed and the, like, Hey dude, like, can you do this? Or were you just around and you heard and you're like, Hey, I'm here. Cause you're supposed to race the next day. It wasn't like you were supposed to race yeah. in like an hour or two. You're like the age group races were Saturday. 24 hours later. Right. Yeah. And, and like, so, you know, for, for the story, I like, sorry, like, I'll, t- I'll take you like two weeks um, back from that. I went to Hong Kong, obviously, as you know, Rich, to race uh, to try and get my spot back into the Elite Fifteen. I was I was ranked I was ranked sixteenth um, in Hong Kong, and then ultimately um, Tom Hogan beat me, so I was still ranked sixteenth. Right, so I was coming over to Manchester. Um, whether or not I was in the Elite 15, due to the fact that I, one, still wanted to race the age group, but also I had 22 um, 22 athletes that were racing, so nice. I was going to be there as a coach as well. So it was a good little uh, adventure anyway. But um, so that was two weeks prior. Obviously, I was I was, I was was pretty bummed. I was obviously pretty bummed that I, I wasn't able to secure that, that 15th spot. But, mate, um, I was in Manchester 
all week before the world champs. And I was lucky enough to kind of, um, you know, just go about my normal week before a normal race. I didn't really kind of um, do anything different. I worked, I saw my athletes, yada, yada, yada. And then Friday comes around and something, something made me just want to double check if anyone had an injury or any, you know, bugs were going around and someone was sick. So I sent Mintra, who you know, Mintra, who's the head of sport. Te- uh, no, no, no. He- sport. Sent her a message at 9 a.m. on the Friday pretty much saying, look, Mintra, just to let you know I'm here um, if anyone pulls out. Uh, she read it, no response, all good. Um, end up, I ended up going going to the race. It was about 7 o'clock. The girls were about halfway through their race. The guys were on in about 45 minutes. Um, and I ended up, you know, having dinner. I ended up watching the girls. It was like it ended up being about half an hour till the boys uh, – so the boys were um, um, starting and I ended up being like, hey, to my mate, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. And I walked out of the stadium, went to the bathroom, turned around and Tim Vinish was, unfortunately for him, um, lying on the floor, crying his eyes out with his father, I'm pretty sure. And at that moment, I had this like split moment. I still like, it, I, it, it's still in my head, split moment came it came over me i was like james if you want to you're in i was like i i didn't know if that was the case but i had about 25 minutes to try to work out if i could race i pretty much uh went over to tim very politely didn't talk to him but spoke to one of his mates that was with him and pretty much said hey mate so sorry to ask but is he not racing about 10 minutes later uh, I got the thumbs up by um, Christian. Um, and then, you know, f- 10 minutes before the start, I got my chip, um, didn't warm up, didn't have time for anything, to be honest. Um, and, mate, lo and behold, uh, I personally think due to, due to that and due to having no time to even think, I went out there just wanting to enjoy it uh, and and ultimately just lap up the whole scene, and um, ultimately uh, ended up coming coming eighth, and ended up getting a paycheck as well. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, like I I look back at that, and and um, I the I, I'm not necessarily proud of the race, like as in how I raced, or like I I don't even think about that. The one thing I'm proud about is just like. I literally had a moment whether or not like I had a moment and I had a choice and the choice was whether or not I wanted to grab the opportunity or not. Yeah. And I ran with it. Mm-hmm. I ran with it. And I'm not, I can't talk for anyone else, but I don't know if a lot of people would do that, you know, because they, they, I, I was preparing to race the next day. So yeah. it was an un, unbelievable experience, mate. Unbelievable experience. And you know, it's um, something I'm proud about as well. Yeah, that was what that was the main thing that I had thought about through that whole story is that there's an opportunity here and it would be very easy to dissuade yourself to be like, oh, well, the, the things are already set, like they're already busy, like I, I ate dinner, I'm doing other stuff. Like there there's always an excuse to not act and it and not acting is way easier than taking action and putting and making risk and then and then being able to go after it and accepting this 
opportunity that was in front of you. And you're kind of doing yeah. the same thing now, right? Like you don't, you're not from Germany, <laughs> you know, like you're, and even last year, like you travel, you must've traveled a ton to get to these races. So it seems like you're a kind of person that's like, there's an opportunity. I want to see what I can do with it. And do is it because of the regret or is it just because of how you're wired in terms of, I want to see what I can do if I say yes. And if I, I accept these opportunities, or is it more like, I don't want to not, I don't want to think about what could have been. Yeah. I think it's a bit of both mate. Um, I think over time I've learned that I've, um, I've worried about what other people think of me too much mm. and I've come. Oh, can you still hear me, mate? Yeah. Or is it different? No, I hear you. Okay. That's all good. Um, and I've, I got to a point, I can't remember the, the point, but as I've, you know, come to my later 20s, I feel like I've naturally just told myself, who cares about what other people think? Go with your gut and, and take the risks that you believe are necessary. And, and what, what that means, well, what that kind of has done for me is allowed myself to create a business from scratch within a year that allows me to go overseas and, and work and live um, with my partner over here. And, and it wasn't, it, it's only because I've just told myself if there's an opportunity, as you said, um, you know, and I see, I see that being a benefit. Why not? Like, why not take, why not take it? Um, I feel like um, growing up and also uh, with respect to mostly my sporting career or even my athletic endeavours, I've been too um, worried about other what other people are doing or worried about um, whether or not I'm fit enough or, or, or skillful enough. But now that I'm a little bit older, a little bit wiser, I've kind of gotten to the point where you know, as you just said, if, if there's an opportunity, I'm just going to take it. And it's funny, as I said, it wasn't as if there was a point in time that I changed. It's just naturally happened. Hmm. Um, so yeah, mate, last year was, well, yeah, last year and, and up until now, it's been an absolute journey and, and like, I've, I've loved every minute of it. And, um, you, you know, like I feel as if I'm personally just getting started and, you know, my business is just getting started as well. So I can definitely relate to that type of mindset shift. On my end, it's a lot more, it was a lot more like kind of people pleaser. It wasn't, as, it, it was definitely what I worrying about what others thought of me, but a lot more of like putting others in front of me for a long time. Yeah. So having that kind of shift and doing things for myself and, and, you know, the training's part of that, right? It's, there's, it's a selfish endeavor inherently, but it's also something that I find brings value and enjoy into my life and, and the training and the com competing. So therefore it's going to make me a happier, better person. And it sounds like you had similar, similar stuff with that too. It's like, you know what, like worrying about what other people are, are thinking of me, like it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. And that's just in your own head, right? Like exactly. It, it's too, like, there's not this like broad idea of who we are for other people that like, and we can't control it no matter what. So worrying about it, it's like just a waste of energy. 
Yeah. I love listening to the Run in Public boys about this kind of chat because, you know, they talk about um, they're better people or, or they're better um, uh, partners, they're better coaches, they're better uh, men if they can tick the box every day or mm. they can go for their run. And, and, and you know, I'm smiling because my partner Georgie and I kind of um, joke about that because if I haven't been able to um, move and exercise or train and get done what I feel in my head I need to get done that day with my training, um, you know, it somewhat creates a little bit of angst and, and, and ultimately ends up um, uh, impacting who I am that day. But I I always thought about three or four years ago, ten years ago even, that that type of mindset was selfish, and I shouldn't be like that. Because why why should I care about just going out for a run more than spending time with my partner or you know doing more work or figuring out how to you know do stuff around the house, but ultimately mate i've worked out that i'm a better human being if i can tick that box every day and that's not selfish that's actually selfless hmm. um and that's 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 a mindset i've shifted as well and um yeah it's um yeah it's it's quite fascinating actually this this type of mindset because i don't know why it, it's naturally shifted as opposed to me doing it myself if that makes sense mm-hmm yeah, like you said, just growth. You've been through more, yeah. learning more, and, and mm. going through these pieces as, you know, an endurance athlete's a little is probably a little bit different than you know ball sport athlete. But we're yeah. all kind of pushed towards sports that are going to be individual as we get older. So, we'll 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 have because I feel the same way on that, and I'm also a little bit more miserable <laughs> if things aren't the way that I want them to be in terms of training or in terms of work and. And I feel like that's all that's going to need to be worked on at some point because can't train forever. There's going to be some at some point where things get shut down might not be for 50 years, but still there could be a point where things are kind of taken away from that perspective. So I think that right now it's a good way to kind of tick the boxes, making sure that we can be our best selves for for the people around us. But at that point, I think there is going to be like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't just be miserable if I don't do this little thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, mate, like on that, like you're all, um, look, mate, you don't look a day old, older than 30, but I've heard that you're closer to 40 than 30. Word has that, it. 37. Word has it. 37, has it. right? Yep. 37. How, how has your mindset shifted from – even I'm 30, right? So what were you like at 30 years of age compared to 37? So I had a bit uh, in terms of an athlete. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I had a bit of a up and down ride through like my 20s just trying to figure out where I where I was going to be in this world, like where I should, like how to navigate it. So it, it wasn't seamless, for me. Uh, so there was a lot of ups and downs. So I didn't really get to recommit to being an athlete until I was like 32. Um, so at, at 30, I was, I was still working out. Right. So that's mm. really the main shift is that I was more using the physical to, I guess, more or less like 
yeah, make myself feel okay. And just kind of holding on to like this athlete that I was in the past, as opposed to now where it's like, I take myself very seriously as an athlete and being kind of committed to that process of doing what needs, needs to be done, like taking care of all the things that are going to lead me to get my best performance. And that really is fulfilling for me. So in like, when I was around your age, I was still like partying too much, drinking too much. I wasn't in a great relationship. Like this, like the physical yeah. wasn't the, the goal, you know, it was yeah. like a, it was secondary to that. So, and after, at, at, shortly thereafter, I was like, let's recommit to this and see what's, what's possible. So it's hard to say, it's hard to say, but now that, that I am getting a little bit older, it doesn't, I don't really think about it in terms of how much time I have left necessarily, because I don't feel like I'm like, it, it doesn't feel like it's taking longer to recover. It doesn't feel like it's taking longer to see progress. So I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think it's too much different in terms of the athlete on the athlete side of things. Yeah, and you're you're just pretty much saying that your priorities have just shifted, yeah, you know, and, and yeah, but to where yours are currently. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're, yeah. You're taking risks, and I'm at that point where, and when I was a little, when I was younger, a little bit older than what you are now, is when I started to do that as well. So mm. I'm probably just a little bit further down that journey, but kind of still in it, where yeah. it's like, here's the priority. Let me do what I feel is good for me. Um, yeah. So I think you're just a little ahead of me, man. Nice yeah. Work. Yeah. Well, mate, it's interesting. Like, you know, obviously we understand that Hunter McIntyre, what's he? He's 34, 35. Is he? I think 35. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Um, we've got, um, over your way, uh, um, we've got Ryan, Ryan Kent, who's 30. He'll hate me if I get this wrong. 36. Nah, he'll like that. He's 37. He's actually we we were uh, the same year in high school, but he's older than me. He's okay. Like, okay. He's, he's like four or five months old. <laughs> he's way older. <laughs> so he, he, he can see yeah, he he's moving. He's hurting. Yeah, he definitely looks it. On. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then um, McGee is 37. There you go. And and it's fascinating in our sport. Um, I have learnt. I've learnt very quickly that um you don't necessarily have to be a spring chicken to be uh still developing as a athlete in our let's just call it hybrid fitness arena mm -hmm. um to the point where you know like i'll give i'll ask you a question and sorry i can't remember the name of the marathon world record what the was the guy just, that who just said yeah, it yeah kip kip yeah i think kip -tum. Look, I'd love to know his age. And I know we can't, you know, he does. And Kipchoge is, I think Kipchoge is 40 or 41, right? And look, it's hard to, um, you know, compare marathon runners to hybrid races, but very similar um, attributes in, in, in relations to the aerobic fundamental um, uh, key ingredient, right? I'll just call it that. And it, it's just fascinating because I, I, you know, look at you guys and I'm like, wow, like, you know, I was, sorry to say, I've still got seven years and who knows what might happen. You For know, sure. um, how, do, 
Do you know how old he is? Uh, Kelvin Kiptum, he looks old. He's 23. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. God damn it. Let's, point. let's focus. Let's That's focus hilarious. The, yeah, I know. Yeah, that, does, that is pretty crazy. Oh, so sorry for him because he 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 does look slightly older. But he but he has the he he runs two hours flat in the marathon. We can't feel we can't feel. Wasn't that incredible? Wasn't that incredible? Insane. They uh, did I'm you a, see his his five kilometer split between thirty and thirty five was thirteen fifty one. That's so stupid. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Like trying to hold that pace for like a half mile right. would be very, very challenging. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So your your background is ball sports, right? Is rugby? Yeah. No, it's uh, actually Aussie rules. So Australian football. Yeah. Which yeah. is, how does that differ? Sorry for the ignorance, but I'm no, saying, no, no, no. Like, how is that different? Yeah. Yeah, so what's different is is um, 18 people on the field. It oh, is a two-hour game. Yeah, bigger, better. <laughs> but <laughs> a, t- a two-hour game, bigger, bigger pitch. It's, it's well known for um, athletes, players, running at least 15 kilometers per game. So it's, it's a very aerobic, it's a very aerobic game. Um it's really progressed over time to become more of a power anaerobic game due to the fact that you can sub substitute more and, and whatnot. But mate, I, I put my um, ability to be able to uh, run um, and to be able to compromise run down to my, uh, down to my Australian rules football. It's, it's a sport where the game flows so much more than any other sport I know. Um, the game barely, barely stops. So ultimately, you know, as a midfielder myself who used to just run around the whole pitch, I used to get, you know, tackled to the ground, had to jump up, run 200 meters, uh, uh, tackle myself or get pushed, Mm -hmm. get off the ground again, run again, um, and so on and so forth. Two-hour game of that, mate. I used to clock up 15 to 18 kilometers per game. And um, I personally think that is the only reason or one of the biggest reasons why uh, my conditioning for High Rocks has been very, very good to date. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the years and years of that type of training and aerobic fitness that I've developed um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it, you know, I, I did a lot of cross country running as well. I was never fast enough for track. Uh, I was never fast enough. Like, um, um, I, you know, five, five kilometers or more, I was, uh, consistently good at, um, but my main sport was the, the Aussie rules. And that, that's a great point, right? Is. And I think that's something that we all must remember, especially if you're just coming into the sport. If you have no background in anything that is going to have some sort of aerobic conditioning or running, it's going to be a long, a long journey. And in your case, yeah, with the compromise stuff, because I think about that with footballers, soccer players as well, where they are amassing a ton of running and they're fast too, right? They're probably more on that like faster explosive side, like what you were saying, how, how Aussie rules probably is now. 
but you see mm. um they're a little bit leaner they look like more like runner types but they have that background and it makes sense that you have that same type uh, of background as well only while getting like beat up <laughs> during the exactly during the thing and there's a ton of pushing when we were watching that uh world cup game the ireland south africa game i was watching these scrums i was like these dudes could definitely push a sled look at this yeah, like, that's absolutely. what they're, doing. they're just driving forward so like how did you parlay that like when you started to kind of found when you found this sport and you're like okay like i know i can run doing cross country doing aussie rules football like maybe not knowing you could and knowing maybe like okay maybe i'm not the fastest runner but i know i can do it for for the duration how do you take what you knew and what you learned from like your, mm. your sport background and kind of parlay it into what you're doing now? Yeah, I look, I've like not only the Aussie rules career that I had, but being in the health and fitness industry for 12 years now, obviously that played a role in just understanding uh, all things sports, biomechanics, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I found Hyrox. Honestly, this time last year, mate, it was my first race. It was Birmingham last year, and um, I was coming in blind. I thought I had done a little bit of training, but if I look back at it now, it was nothing compared to what I do now. Um, to be completely honest, the way I view most, oh, I don't want to say most things in life, but I'm very simplistic, and I don't want to um, take a take from the running public boys again but their podcast the other day about boring is best mate i i am i'm such an advocate for that let's just say mentality of training so um you know i've 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 developed as a as an athlete and as a coach and my mindset and my programming to date now is so different to what it was this time last year coming into the sport um, I was doing just generic, let's just say hybrid, um, uh, workouts, like, you know, like AMRAPs, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Now I'm very specific. Um, and, and I've learned that the periodization approach, uh, to, to racing in Hyrox is, is crucial. And, and for listeners, you know, you know, what, what that means for me and what I've taken away from from that is is building a, a solid foundational running base is very key uh, weeks months out of your of your race um, to the point where you know for a, a couple of months in a row before uh, Sydney I was probably doing bet- anywhere between seventy to ninety kilometers per week so it wasn't really? mate it what yeah like it's but it pretty good. Like, yeah, as in it wasn't major, major miles or major, major kilometers, but it was just consistent, progressive, um, you know, overloading the legs. Um, it's like 40 to 60 miles per week. Just put it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I ended up doing, I ended up like due to that, I ended up racing a marathon, right? I, oh. I was actually training for a marathon and, and oh, ultimately – yeah, 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 and I made I did that specifically to get um, to get prepared for this season. Um, what you I was very. I ran a three flat, three nice. flat, and mate, don't. Oh, no. oh I'm what about the seconds three flat, like twenty three 
three hours and 56 seconds. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. And, not and mate, I was, oh, it's not 301. It's not 301, <laughs> but, mate, it's I, flat. mate, I, here's a story for another day because I'm still so annoyed at myself because I had it in the bank. I had it in the bank. And then the last two kilometers, it just got me. Yeah. My hamstring just, it just got me, mate. So when it goes, it goes. Um, like you can't like. It goes. You just nah, can't be like, oh, I'm you can't come back. Out. Like, nope. You can't come back. So three hours on the diet and then ultimately like a, a month later I did, did Sydney and I, I, I wasn't fully, um, fully fit or, or sorry, I was super fit for Sydney, but I wasn't fully dialed into High Rocks right. for Sydney. So what I'm saying is like the periodization approach of banking up kilometers, banking up that, that, that progressive aerobic volume is so key months out of, of your high rock season to now where I'm very focused specifically on the task at hand and the task at hand personally for me is just shy of 60. Sorry, a, a workout just shy of 60 minutes. So pure volume. However, how do you create a 56-minute workout compared to a 58 that I'm on? It's a lot more so to do with my intensity. So ultimately, what I'm doing now is a lot more interval running, um, a lot more compromised running, but a lot more intense workout. So mm. that's just the broad kind of understanding of what I'm doing and 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 how I've developed. Um, and the best thing, mate, is... is um, I'm learning still about how to best train for this sport. I'm I'm not doing it correctly or I'm not doing it wrong either. But, you know, I like, and I'm the first to say this. I say this to my partner, Georgie, all the time, but I learn so much from you guys and um, what you guys are dishing out because um, I'm a big believer if you want to make it in this sport, you've got to be open-minded and you've got to be okay to be wrong. So for sure. Um I hope that answered the question. It did. I can't even remember the question. I, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I actually don't either, but I like where we're yeah. at. Where <laughs> where I think what you said is important, right? Because it's there needs to be the foundation of like base fitness or just long aerobic grindy stuff before you can really kind of put that intensity in. It's mm. easy to kind of flip it, right? Where, and I think it's just a little bit more enjoyable to do more of the intensity work. But if you don't have that foundation, when you get into that race, you're not going to have the strength to get through the entire thing. So it needs to be built, Correct. and then layering in that intensity. So it's going to be really interesting on on how this this plays out. Are you periodizing? Like, what's? Are you moving right through this race? Are you gonna? Are you coming to Chicago? Yeah, so mate, I'll I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm actually, uh, what's the word? I'm I'm fortunate and I'm surprised. Sorry, that no one has kicked me out yet. Um, and look, yeah, mate, I was I was I was uh, I was waiting for you to go sub bloody <laughs> fifty eight the other day, mate. Me but, too. But <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate. I shouldn't have brought that up. But but what I'm saying is, um. Yeah, like obviously coming into the season, of course, I'm I'm in a position to be able to, uh, you know, potentially go to the first major. And look, to answer your question, yep, I'll, I'll be going if I'm still in the Elite 15. 
Um, so long story short, Munich on the weekend, mate. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to rumble. I'm, I'm ready to throw down. Um, to the, sorry. However, and look, I'm sorry for bringing this up because you're not in the, my position right now, and I understand that that yours your position is is a lot tougher. The thing I like personally about the whole Hyrox Elite 15 setup now is you got to race yourself in. Mm-hmm. I'm at a point where my mindset now, mate, is that yes, sure, I'm, I'm not. Um, I'm not definitely going to my my time is not good enough for for me personally. Yes, it's thirteenth. Um, I personally think that I've got a sub fifty eight in, in me at some point soon. However, due to the fact that I'm already in, I can mentally go into races wanting to race as opposed to p as opposed to time trialing. I know that's right. That, that so nice, yeah. And mate, I'm um, yeah and. Hence why I said I'm. I apologise because you're obviously not in that um, in that frame of mind. So, right. but in your case, yeah, it could easily change, right? Absolutely, like, that's the only thing, right? And that's like you yeah, kind of have it, to take this opportunity. Like I was thinking, it's like, well, Chicago's a bit of a haul. There's that race in Sweden not long later, but who knows what will happen between now and then? Right? Absolutely, like, it, it can but, definitely change. But, I'm. I am super surprised that. Look, I, I don't know. We've probably had six, seven races this season so oh far. God, yeah, maybe a, a a touch more. I'm surprised. I'm so surprised, mate, that the fastest time is by John Wynn, fifty-eight thirty-seven. Yeah, I'm very surprised. Um, not saying that that other athletes should have gone faster, but I personally think that. Um, that oh, I don't know. Are, are are they making sure that the courses are a lot sharper and a lot harder? Um, I'm not sure. Um, but look, obviously, still uh, like very early days. Um, and as you just said, anything can happen. But where where I'm sitting right now, and as I just said, um, I'm going into Munich racing like i'm i'm racing and i'm out there to win and if that if that gets me a a sub 58 i'll be absolutely wrapped however if that gets me a a 59 or a 60 then look yes i'm going to be disappointed but but um but i won't because i'll be on top of the podium if that makes sense so for sure um yeah um you don't know what these German courses. I mean, they seem to generally be pretty good in the in the past, but like you said, who knows what they've changed this year? You know, like it seems exactly. like things are not and and you know, there's a lot of reasons to think about what's what, but they're trying to make it a little bit better in terms of the the slight push. Oh, Tom Hogan was telling me that when you guys were in Hong Kong, they actually added weight to the slip. Yeah, man. And it was still fa- it was yeah. still like too fast. Mate, did Tom tell you that story as well? He, um, d- he did. He like brought. They brought you. Yeah. And, uh, he brought Tom and I in, and pretty, pretty much said we honest. have to put. Well, mate, he they said it wasn't as if it was adding five kilos. Right. They had to add thirty thirty. It was a two hundred and forty kilogram sled, and we were like, "What? Are you actually serious?" 
ultimately, like, it didn't matter, as you guys know, because okay. I actually went through my my splits the other day, and I, I, I personally still did a 213 or something. Yeah. So I guess Gabe it didn't matter. Under, and what Gabe was 141 or something. And did you see his, his Singapore? Yeah. He was like... Yeah, man. Four something. Crazy. Five something high. Like, it's just... I don't know. And that's with adding... How much more weight could you add to that thing? It, adding, exactly, man. But, mate, like... So, you know, obviously being in the sport, I... Here, I, I, uh, I have my opinions about the whole concept of every horse being different, right? I, I, and I totally get it. Like now, I totally understand the the chat. However, my question, right, and and you know, like we can chat about this as well. Like, if you were high rocks, like what what is the answer? Like I, I I actually don't know the answer. Um, and well, yeah, I don't think it's a solvable problem to make these courses actually be the same from race to race. So, and like it's almost it could even be lane to lane, right? Like they they could test yeah. one lane and like four lanes down, it they could be something it. different. So it's not realistic for them to keep the event as is. And still, and and try to say that's standardized from the sports side. They should just throw a timeout completely. You know, like there should be races to qualify. You should be able to race your way into a major. Because um, now that's still the same thing, right? It's it's not as time based. They've done a really good job improving from last year, where it was just time based, where it puts mm. you and and Tom in these positions to fly across the country and fingers crossed. Hopefully, like we don't get a Poland kind of course. Right. And, mm. but they, and so they've taken out a lot of the time part, but you still have to qu- get a time to then be in the major. So it's like not quite there. So I just think time shouldn't be, be part of it. Cause like, it's not standardized. You can look at one course versus another course and the maps are completely different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is obviously not the same. So that's that. I mean, from the sports side, but the sports side, is, I think, is very down the line in terms of where their priorities are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, like, are you saying that their priorities is to just grow the sport and expand it and expand it and expand it for money purposes? Yeah, get people, get people in the event, right? Like, yeah, the yeah. open wave, the age group wave. They're those are the waves that are. Those, that's where there are more people and that's what's going to allow them to expand. And ultimately it's what's going to help the sport grow and be seen. And, and that, then the sport is valuable and it helps people. So I don't blame them for needing to kind of bankroll that idea, right? Like needs to make money to expand, to get some more people. Yeah. And you know, we're more like marketing vessels for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. That, 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 but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're right. The only way that they can fix it is to, race yourself into the qualification uh system to be able to go to majors if that makes sense like yeah. for your sake you know like and mate i i'm with you like you don't have any opportunity apart from flying across the pond to qualify like right. it doesn't make sense like financial um, is like it's, it's a tough it doesn't I mean, but you went, how how many flights did you take from australia to europe last year mate i three Three. Yeah, three, that's, three, and that's mate. That's it was not short. It's not. That's it's not, not and, like, and nah, and like I'm okay to 
say this on live podcast, right? Or live. Like I pretty much, that was my, my hard work, like business money. Like that, that was my money. Um, for sure. And that was the, and, but, and like, that was the risk. That was the risk that I was taking. And, and, and I was like, yeah, mate, the <laughs> few times where I booked a flight, I'm like, James, are you actually serious? You just did that. This is like, this is irresponsible. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, like, <clears throat> I'll be honest with you, in my head, um, you know, just talking business, like uh, going to Cologne, I just randomly said, yeah, I'm going from Australia to Cologne uh, and back within seven days. And ultimately, that uh didn't um put me into the elite 15 but it actually exposed my business a little bit more right so i got a bit more clientele and you know like you would understand having your own um online coaching business that you need to be racing as well or you don't have to but i'm the first to say that walking it helps mate it helps walking the walk it obviously helps in this game not saying that you have to be a um an elite athlete to coach. Not at all. No, not at all. No, but but it, helps. it definitely helps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just so, a perception of it, right? Like you want to, yeah. And I probably feel the same way, or you need to see the results that the coach has produced somewhere along the lines. Um, but with yeah. a sport that's yeah. so new, it's hard to, it's hard to navigate that. So th- I, that's kind of how I justified going to Spain. So it's like, if I can go here, if I can be in this, in the majors, like that's ultimately positive. This is an investment. That's what I said. Correct. That's exactly, yes, exactly right. Exactly right. Mate. Oh, mate. Funny story. I I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but that's what I talked to my partner, Georgie, about with, in terms of spending any money, like it, to me, spending money on coffee is an investment because if you, if I don't spend money on coffee, well, that's something yeah. we have to talk about, by the way. Yeah. We have to talk about that. <laughs> Drinking it right now. You have, Well, mate, you have to spend money on coffee. Well, I have to spend money on coffee because you don't want to know me if I don't have any coffee. <laughs> it's an investment. It's <laughs> totally an investment. But um, no, it's, uh, that's how I viewed it last year with the whole uh, flying, uh, flying overseas all the time. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm going to pick up a an assault treadmill today. I found one decent price and unreal. I'm like, I'm like investment. This is absolutely a barrier for, for the winter to like, cause I had yeah, a hard time last year, like trying to like, it's cold here, but it's sunny in Colorado. Have you been, have you been to the States? Mate, I, I have, uh, not for racing, not for sport or anything. I've done, I've done a Kentucky tour, like a big Las Vegas Kentucky tour. And I was partying and stuff. So I haven't really, yeah, I can't really remember it to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but out here, it's, um, it's cold for sure. But it's sunny. Yeah, so it's nice, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Manageable. But last year I had a hard time because it did snow a lot, and I'm like looking at, it and it's hard to get outside. And I think running outside is obviously superior. But having a barrier of not being able to run or do like a compromised workout because treadmill somewhere else is here. I'm like, you know what? Investment. Look at me investing. Exactly, man. I'm proud of what I'm. I'm there proud you of go. This money, mate. Absolutely. Just on that, have you ever just randomly? Sorry, have you ever ran on a Woodway treadmill? The motorized ones? Not. Sorry. Yes, the motorized ones. Yes, not the curve. Yes. Yeah, I have. Yeah. They're. Yeah. I think they are the best treadmill. 
it's the nicest experience I've, I've i've come across there's something about and look i should know uh because i've done some research i can't remember but there's something about the kickback that that motorized gives you um it feels more like the road it, feels it does cool. mate yeah i really like them yeah they're not they're not massive are they like like I, I, they might be in America, but I, I barely see them. Yeah, I think they, they are, are very expensive. Yeah. yeah. So you can get them at like a – actually, David Megiddo, who has a training facility, like that's his his business. He owns a gym in um, the, the Washington, D.C. area. His gym has those. Like so they're – Right. So you can catch them at a place like that sometimes, but if you're just going to like a Globo gym, they're just going to have like the regular treadmills. Yeah, like right. Performance yeah, gym yeah. might have them. Yeah. Hey, is – um. Is Megita uh, fit and healthy, or yeah? As, as as far as I know, he is healthy and is is fit. Like I think he's he's looking at Chicago as and fingers crossed. Like his his injury can kind of come and go. It's like in his right. back. They're not exactly sure. Like it could be a disc. Yeah, like I don't want to air out everything, but he is he thinks he's going to be good to go. He'll be there for yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. That might be the reason why Hunter's not racing because he's too scared to race against maybe, Megiddo. I'm not maybe. sure. Maybe. Yeah, I think he went on record and said he's going to go to DC because that's where Megiddo is. He's like, I'm yeah, I, I'm mate. I know exactly the podcast you're you're talking about there. <laughs> of course, he had to say that, right? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, the field should be fun. It should be cool out and in uh for that chicago race i'm gonna be around i can't imagine i'm gonna get this roll done because that's what i was thinking and i was thinking like oh if i qualify if i do take my time and in the open pro wave advance into the elite 15 if i have a great day whatever it's like then do i have to go to stockholm like do i just have to take whatever opportunities there because it uh, might go away you know what i mean yeah and that's man. the same weekend as i get Deca, Deca fit worlds yeah i've heard all about this so just from your end, um, are you racing unless – look, you're ranked 22nd right now, aren't you? Yes, yes. Right. Unless – and, mate, I'll be honest with you, as you guys have discussed this already, there's a big there's a big, uh, big opportunity that there might be oh, – I'm going to say five or six boys not coming over. Um, yeah. Not that I know that. Not that I know that. So, look, I know you don't want to – you know, hold your hat on that. But uh, if you're not in that elite 15 uh, Chicago race, um, you'll be racing men's pro that they event. Do Is have that a correct? Pro there. They do have a pro there. Yeah. 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 And look like, so you're saying, you know, you know, you get a good time um, that cements yourself in the elite 15. Are you At least for like two weeks? Ask, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Are, are you asking yourself, do you go to Stockholm and not go to Decker? Is that what you're saying? kind of kind of yeah which would be it would just be so lame it would just like because i can then not count on being at uh is it hanover is that where the no no, no vienna vienna in austria um i can't when's that i think that's um february that's jan february right february yeah. yeah 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 and then the dc race is in march and by that time Right, like if this plays out where different people qualify at each race, there's going to be a smaller and smaller number of athletes that get in on time, right? Because if Correct. you qualify top three, you get an automatic automatically. Entry. So by the time like 
theoretically, there could only be three spots on time. No, no, no. Sorry, five, six spots on time because there could be nine already qualified. And well, not nah, because there's five people who are already qualified for all the races automatically. Yeah. Right. And if three people qualify who are not those five at every single race, there would be one spot on time. Theoretically, that's definitely not going to happen. No. Do you know what I mean? No, but I, if everybody, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's like going to be a shorter yeah. and shorter window. So like from your perspective, yeah, you definitely got to come to Chicago. <laughs> Pretty much Absolutely. everybody has to make it. Yeah. Absolutely. And on, honestly, from your perspective, it's also, you know, you're the reigning Decca world champion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, do you do you want to regain that title? So, yeah. I mean, it was a really fun weekend, but it did make the rest of the year very challenging from a high rocks perspective. Yeah, like putting all my eggs yeah. in the basket. You know what I mean? So we'll yeah. see. I mean, this is a def- this is a theoretical that, but it, it just is something that crossed my mind the other day. Like, oh, if I pop one in Chicago or Dallas, because I'm going to do back to back races, because we only have. Chicago, Dallas, which are back-to-back weekends. And then there is a, a LA race in December. And then there's a Miami race now, which who knows, that might be outside. So we only realistically have four, three opportunities that we can count on that can get us into this 15. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Um, I want to ask you, you're, you're, you're running a lot of miles, a good amount. I would say that's probably as much as anybody is, is running. Mm. I mean, there might be people who run a little bit more, but I don't think many people are doing much more than 60, maybe maybe 70 miles a week. And I don't know exactly how many of the Europeans train, but I know on the US side, like 60 is probably the highest that we're seeing um, Yeah, from week to week. How high do you think you need to, you need to be? And are, have you dropped it since now you're kind of in a, like a pre-competition phase or, or where's that? How does that change? Yeah, um, and if we're solely talking on uh, becoming a elite fifteen athlete, um, I personally think, to to be completely honest, it changes from person to person. Everyone's different. I think that what I've learned though, the base is that, uh, in the in leading into it, sorry, like two or three months before your first a race. You've got to be doing. You've got to be doing um, aerobic volume, um, and look, that could potentially change from running to biking to skiing to to rowing as well. But I think the answer to that, mate, is as an athlete who tries to understand more and more about my body, uh, to understand what what works for me and what doesn't work for me. The answer to that is well you have to decide what works for you and you have to decide how much uh, volume is the right volume for you. I think people underestimate the period of, let's just call it the volume period of base aerobic mileage. People underestimate the amount of work you should be doing there. Mm. Um, So to answer that question, I think, I think between, I'm going to just say 50 kilometers, sorry, to 30 miles to night to, to, to 80 kilometers, right? Okay. Is, yeah. And I'm sorry, 50 that, miles. 
yeah, and that's a big bracket. That's a big bracket. I know, but but it's a good. Floor what I'm to trying set. to, I think that that's fair. Correct. Like I think that yeah. floor is really what we're kind of talking about, and then the ceiling is whatever you can do, right? Then yeah, then you're kind of in that like, oh, uh, for me, I feel better here, or I break down if I go to here. But I think you're right on the floor. Fifty kilometers, thirty miles. If you can get there, that's not nothing. That's not. That's not like you have to consciously yeah. make that effort to get there. One hundred percent. The one thing I noticed, like from a feeling and a stimulus point of view, for my Sydney race, mate, on the back of a marathon preparation, was I just felt in control the whole race. Yeah, that's nice. And I feel, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super. It's super nice because I've had races like um, even Hong Kong. I wasn't in control. I let the well my fitness wasn't able to be in control of the race. Mm -hmm. And I just ultimately put that down to not getting the mileage in uh, months and months before. So what I'm saying is um, if you can allow yourself or or prioritize that mileage months and months before your race, it's going to pay off, you know, leading leading into the race. To go back to your question, what I'm doing now, like getting into the race season, I'm still clocking at least 50 kilometers, right? Um, That 50 kilometers is spread out across um, slow zone two running, uh, fartlek style running, Mm -hmm. and also I I call it fast um, fast interval running. So it's... Sorry, it's threshold running, slow zone two, and an interval running, fast running. So that's more spread out. Three months ago, it was probably 80% slow running, 20% fast running, or 20% threshold running. Now it's probably, yeah, 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 yeah. Now it's shifted slightly. It hasn't changed drastically, mate, but it has shifted slightly. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I think the 80-20 works when training for a marathon or a 5K or 10K or whatever, just specifically running. But in this field where, where there's so many different modalities, it, it can kind of preserve your body a little bit more and you can increase that intensity into a, a bit of a, a higher percentage. I think, you know, I think it could be like 60-40. You know, yeah. I, I think yeah. it could be as high as that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. The idea of control is something that is interesting. I, 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 I know exactly what you're like. I have experienced something very similar in my PR. I, looking back, I was like, I could not do anything more than this. Like this is, I just had to sit here and just yeah. hope I held on. And it, and I got, I probably had two more wall balls left in my body that day. And really. Like, that's great. It's maximizing the performance of the race. So coming out of that race, you can be like, okay, cool, I did it. But like having the ability to like up or down shift is nice. Being like, I I can do something different here if I needed to. And I think that yeah, this, the strength uh, in terms of running, like the ability to handle a lot kind of can give that control coming into a race. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I'm smiling because like, I get, like, I love training, like, going into a workout and and midway through, as you said, choosing because you have the right to and the 
and the authority to because you're fit enough to um, change your intensity, mm. right? Whether it is faster, slower, you know, like it's it's beautiful. Like it sounds corny, but it's so nice to be able to do that. And I'll be honest with you, like a lot of people, as you said, think, oh, my God, I'd love to get to that level coming into this, this um, high rock season with two years experience. But I'll be honest with you, the only reason why I am able to do that is because of 20 years of playing Aussie rules. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. that is the sole reason, the only reason. Yeah. And yeah. And, and so, that, the adaptation, you've created an adaptation for yourself over, over the years. And, and here's a sport that's not Aussie rules for you. Right. Exactly. Works, yeah. Nice. How, um, yeah. How, how fast do you think you need to be? Like, what do you, do you know what your 5k is? Mate, do you know, like, mate, uh, yeah, sorry. Like not right now. No, but you're three it's, hours it, it's a, on the nose marathoner. We know that. Yep. I'm not real. One. I've, I've, I've done a two fifty marathon. Oh, nice. um, I, Yep, I've done a one fifteen half marathon. Um, I've done a thirty three ten k. That's solid. Five, yeah, yeah. Like I've 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 been able to produce quality uh, fast runs uh, over the last five years. Um, I got a feeling, mate. I think to answer this question, like I personally think you don't have to be as fast as what people think. Because it's the ability to suck and to be okay, mm -hmm. like to be in that suck or to be in the pain cave is the key ingredient. You have to be fast. I think, you know, if you're not running a sub, if you're not running a sub 18, I'm going to say sub 1730, it's going to be hard to be actually just to be able to produce the sub four minute kilometers at the end of the race. Yeah, true. That's fair. right. Um, so I break it down to like to to the end. Like I break it down to like how good can I run off the rower and then off the uh, the lunges into the wall ball. Like because I personally think um, if you really want to target your high rocks racing and high rocks running. You really got to target the end or the or the or the pit or the really sucky part of the race, and that is the end. And also, I personally think after that row, I think is actually the the key part to any Hyrox race. That run after the row makes or breaks people. Um, so sorry, I've kind of drifted off to off topic the ability to run under fatigue is far more important. I think personally right now, I'll, I would probably, I would probably be just, just under a 17 minute 5k. Mm -hmm. So yeah. That's so enough. it's still fast, mate, but yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not super fast either. Like, and I think, yeah, you're probably right. Like a 5k is like an okay metric for it. It's not great, but like, yeah, there is going to be some required speed, to run those kilometers right and that's where like a ricky gerard like he doesn't have that right? he, like he could not, probably have kept going or whatever like he but like the ability you knew you could just run past him and he couldn't do anything about do it, anything right yeah so yeah there i think there is a required amount of speed to be at the elite side of things 
but to actually maximize your race, you're probably right. Sitting in that stuff like a, a 15 K to a half marathon type of fitness is probably where you'd want to be Correct. the most. Yeah. So if you're, if that outweighs how fast, like your fast 5k is, um, I think you'll be in a good spot. I personally think just, uh, just on this kind of topic, I personally think, and and most people should know this by now, you can't compromise run uh, 12 months of the year. You can't Hyrox sim- simulate yourself 12 months of the year. You're just going to beat yourself up. You're not going to um, get faster. That's why you're not going to get any you're faster. Not, exactly. You're not going to get faster. You're not going to get, you're gonna stronger. get stronger. Right. You know, so that's why the whole period, like the periodization approach is so key. So key. And it's and like you could probably make some gains for like a year, maybe a year and a half, and be like, I'm just getting better and better and better and better. But then eventually, you're yeah, that that lack of speed and lack it's gonna of gonna go. It's just gonna you're just gonna be stuck in that spot. Yeah, take some discipline. Absolutely. Good, but I think it's I think it's fun working on the edges a little bit more and having the time yeah. to, to run a little bit more to do a little bit more strength training. Um, yeah, I had something I had to say about about the oh the run after the row. That is a that is a good a good marker a good place to be for me. I've done it both ways. Last race, I did a good job of holding back. Like my row has improved, so I've done races where I'm like I'm on here and I can row well, and then I come off and I'm like that was a mistake. But like kind of pulling it back and just sitting at a pace that I know is comfortable allows me to run. Mm so much so much better after so having that in mind because it's a little bit it's like for me i feel like it's a little bit of a break because i'm sitting down yeah you know your heart can kind of slow down a little bit so as long as i'm not crushing my legs on there like i think that's a good a good spot are you are you spending a lot of time on the rower and the machines uh yeah yeah i am i've i've again learned and understood a lot more about the importance of both machines um like I'm 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 not doing a lot of mileage or kilometers on them. I'm doing a lot of intense stuff on them. Hmm. Um, but with with what I said about the most important thing about or the most important station in Hyrox is a run off the row. I'm I'm talking about racing. I think a lot of people, a lot of athletes whoever you are, I think that's the run that you could gain the most on mm. or that's the station you could really, you know, gain, gain, uh, gain the most on. I, you know, I think the, the feeling of running after a, a kilometre row, uh, whether or not you've um, sat under threshold or on threshold, I don't think it matters more so i personally think it's just a lot of people labor that first especially the first 300 or 400 meters of that run if you can really get in in the zone to be like no nah, i'm ready to rip this kilometer because other people aren't um i hope um i hope this podcast doesn't come out before munich mate because i don't want peter schiller to peter schiller to uh <laughs> know my tactic but i'll, I'll press um, the minute you finish yeah <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 just a mindset I have, and um, again, look, as I joked just then, but I'm not afraid to share that because um, it's an insight into my mentality behind how to run a high rocks race, to be honest. So, 
Yeah. And I think that takes some, uh, some time to get to that point, right? Like, yeah. You need to be able to yeah. run after the sleds first. You need to be able to manage Correct. the sled jumps and run after that first. Like, it's kind of like getting to that point. So again, and having control, right? Like if you're not, control, you're just hanging on. <laughs> you're just like, let me just do what I can. And then I will run absolutely slow as possible so that I can recover on the other side of things. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Peter Schiller is going. Peter Schiller. Yeah. Yannick. Uh, and, and Florian, who was right in front of you at, at Worlds. There you go. You got to yeah. get him back. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Back. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm super keen. Yeah. It'll be good. It'll be good. Are they all German? I don't think Yannick is. No. Uh, Florian is. Yannick, I think it may be Swiss or something. No, he's German. Yeah. And Peter Schiller's German. Yep. Yep. That'll be good. Excited for it. Yeah. Well, cool, man. I'm excited too. Um, we could wrap this thing up. Plug uh plug where people can find you, where where uh where they can look at your look for your coaching services, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, mate. it's simply just JK underscore hybrid training on Instagram. Um yeah find me there and uh yeah love i love it i've you know been coaching i'm almost coaching 100 athletes around the world and absolutely love it so um whether you're american or not um shoot me a dm and we can have a chat um apart from that um we need a shout out resolute coffee mate shouts to resolute coffee exactly my shipment is on its way brian told me um so i'm super co- excited a coffee guy mate like, i've been like a coffee nice guy for years man yeah mate um i listened to you talk about it uh, a, a while back and you've got a v60 pour over don't you as yeah. well yes yeah is is that what you prefer or i would love to have a chemex i think it just looks yeah, nice man. i would get one but it's like it's like a little big it's a little more coffee than i need i make i use a v60 i just do it right into this uh like yeah uh, Yeti more like a thermos and then just like pour it into this little cup so it's hot V60 is all I need my wife doesn't need to pour over but if I was making pour overs for more people I'd probably get a Chemex what's your favorite uh, Resolute coffee bean for V60 for filter so I like the uh, Ethiopian natural because it is like yep. a, it's a little bit funkier a little bit fruitier and it's a yeah a little bit more delicate for that. Like a, a, you could probably have a fine cup of like the Aponte honey just in a drip. I, I do it all. Yeah, I do everything prover. But if you're gonna do like that anaerobic or the natural, I would I would do it. Do V60 for that for sure. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, mate, I've got a uh, shipment coming over, and um, on top of that, I got Brian, who is the Resolute Coffee Guru. Uh, I've got him doing one of my staple Pyrox fitness tests. Oh, so Brian, Brian, if you're listening to this, I'm excited to get your feedback on that as well, mate. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, Um, man. Cool, JK. I appreciate it. Make sure to link to your socials in the notes down below. And we're gonna we're gonna watch you over in in Munich. Are you in Munich? Is that where you live? No, I'm about two hours away. So. Okay. Just a two-hour train ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you buy a car? Nice you and, have a nice car there? Crazy. No, we don't have a car. It's uh, not yet. I I think we will have to in the colder months, but it's all train, mate. Everything's cool. 
train right away. So, yeah. Cool, bro. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we'll talk to you Thanks, soon. Thanks, mate.